Hi, I'm Dan Primack, host of Axios Recap. Today, we are back with another episode of our Hard Truth series, looking at structural racism. This month, we're looking at policing in schools. Here's my colleague, Nyla Boudou, of our sister show, Axios Today. Welcome to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. We're here on a Saturday with a special podcast episode that's part of our Hard Truths Project. It's a year of journalism that examines systemic racism. Maybe you're skeptical about systemic racism, but here's why we're looking at this. We're at a moment in American history where there is a reckoning and awareness about the way things have been done. The widespread protests this summer have injected further urgency and change. That's true when it comes to community policing, but it's also now affecting police who work in nearly half of America's public schools. Since George Floyd's death, at least 40 school districts around the country have disbanded their district police departments or changed the way police interact with their schools. And here's why this matters. Whether it's a suspension or an in-school arrest, these punishments can sever the ties between students of color and their education, making them less likely to graduate and often pushing them into the criminal justice system at a young age. How is the way we think about police and schools changing? To understand all this, I want to introduce you to two people with very different views. On one side is a former police officer who started a police department in schools in Georgia. But first, on the other side is Jackie Byers, who's been working to remove police from Oakland schools for almost 10 years. We were sort of on the margins. A decade ago, a lot of folks weren't necessarily comfortable calling for the abolition of a police department. She started the Black Organizing Project in 2009, but the activist group wasn't yet focused on school policing. You know, obviously, there was multiple (laughs) issues that were facing our communities. But then, two years later, Oakland school police shot and killed a 20-year-old Black man who was in a car outside a school dance. Until that happened, Jackie didn't even know the Oakland schools had their own police officers. We just thought, wow, you know, we're constantly hearing how the school district doesn't have money for teachers, for after-school programs, and all of these other things, but yet they have their own school police departments. So the Black Organizing Project focused on removing law enforcement from their city schools. The group did a ton of research and went back to school board meetings over and over trying to get some change. Jackie found in the years around that killing, Black students made up one quarter of the school population— but three-quarters of school-based arrests. And in that same time period, not a single white student was arrested. One of the things that we really realized is that most of the calls to police were not legitimate calls, that there's sort of a dependence on police to be used for things that police should never be used for. In her view, that's things like responding to a mental health crisis. Here's some background on how police ended up in schools in the first place. It started in 1953 in Flint, Michigan. At the time, the reasoning was this could help the local police department build stronger relationships in the community. And becoming more involved in schools would help build trust with police. The concept started slowly spreading across the country. Oakland got its first school police officer in the early 70s. And then came crack cocaine in the 80s and the tough on crime 90s. And then the mass shooting at Columbine High School. All of this adds up to the present day, with police a regular presence in schools across the country, in big cities and small towns, rich suburbs and lower-income neighborhoods. Police stroll the halls or sit in cruisers outside the doors. There are now about 20,000 officers in public schools in the U.S. Nearly half of schools have a police officer. 
But there's little evidence they've made kids any safer. There is evidence for what Jackie found in Oakland. Students of color nationwide getting arrested at much higher rates than white students. We'll be back in 15 seconds to continue our special episode of Axios Today. Welcome back to Axios Today. This Saturday, as part of our Hard Truth series, we're looking at policing in schools. Here's a stat for you. Black students make up 15% of the public school population, but account for 36% of school-related arrests. Contrast that with white students who make up half the student body, but just a third of arrests. But here's the thing. According to a recent Axios Ipsos survey, almost three-quarters of white Americans and two-thirds of Black Americans say they think police make schools safer. Clarence Cox agrees. In 2013, around the time Jackie was galvanizing around getting law enforcement out of Oakland, California, Clarence had a very different job to do. Actually, I founded and created the school district police here in Clayton County, Georgia. Clayton County had police officers in its schools, but it was a mess. Various local police, sheriff's officers, it was like no one was in charge. So the superintendent came to him and said, we need one unified police force just for schools. Clarence understands the issues Jackie was fighting to change in Oakland. He's the past president for the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement. And he knows there can be a problem with how police discipline students of color. Those arguments are very valid in a lot of districts, but I wouldn't say it's a one-size-fit-all. And in his view, the solution is to reform the system, not ditch it altogether. If you got the right people in any job, you're going to get the best of that success. You know, you're going to get the success that you're looking for. For him, success looks something like what Flint, Michigan, tried to do with that first school officer more than half a century ago. When he was building up the Clayton County School Force, he says he chose his officers very carefully. To me, that was a very impactful thing to be able to put officers in the school for several reasons. Not only to keep that campus safe for the student staff and visitors, but it also starts a relationship with young folk. If it's utilized in the right way, it helps the street officer to have a better relationship with the young men and women that are encountered on campuses. However, if the street officers are not familiar with some of the protocols and some of the things that we do on school campuses, it can have an adverse effect. And here's where Jackie and Clarence actually agree. Clarence says there are a lot of things school police should have nothing to do with. In, in many cases, my officers had to tell administrators, no, that's not what I'm going to do. That's not my job. And unless they start to clock you in the head or, or create some kind of fight or whatever with you, we're not getting involved in that kind of stuff. So what does he think of what Jackie's trying to do, calling for the defunding of police and fighting to get them out of schools? He says, no way. I'm a father of three young girls and a granddaughter. And if somebody was talking about taking officers out of my school district, I'd be down at every meeting fussing and fighting to try to keep it there. And not because I'm in law enforcement and not because I'm a former schools chief, but I, it's because I know it's the right thing for the society that we live in today. George Floyd died on May 25th after a Minneapolis police officer put him in a chokehold for eight minutes and 46 seconds. 30 days after that, the Oakland Unified School District called its school board meeting to order. Excuse me, I want to find my own remarks. We're now going to move to item I. It was in the middle of the pandemic, so this is all over Zoom. 
And Jackie Myers was watching all this very closely. We had a COVID-safe outdoor watch party with some of our core members that have been with our organization over the last, you know, decade and, and more. When you watch the clips of what happened, there was this big projector screen showing the school board meeting like it was a drive-in movie. There was food and a DJ. And then things got going with the special business of the day. We have one item here today. This is the elimination of the Department of Police Services adoption by the Board of Education of resolution number 1920-0260, George Floyd resolution to eliminate the Oakland Schools Police Department. For Jackie, the last decade had come down to this moment. Some of her colleagues made a plea to the school board to end police presence in schools. We are not naive and we didn't get here this far by being naive. We understand that the issue of having law enforcement in schools is a deeper rooted issue. This is a historic moment. Then public comments, then one school board member kept adding amendments. So there was sort of this moment of, are we voting? Are we not voting? It was a little bit of confusion. And then finally, the vote came. Congratulations. The motion was adopted with the amendments. We It was, I mean, <laughs> it was amazing. It was a almost decade-long fight for us. Oakland became part of a wave of districts cutting ties with local police. Since George Floyd's death and the ensuing protests, at least 40 school districts around the country have disbanded their district police departments or changed the way police interact with their schools. The hard truth is policing in schools often mirrors policing outside of schools. Black, Latino, and Native American students are policed and disciplined more than their white peers. But here's the bottom line. There are still roughly 40,000 schools with a police officer in the U.S. And many of them will now be forced to choose between Clarence's reforms and Jackie's revolution. This episode was produced by Nuria Marquez-Martinez and Carol Wu. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. Special thanks to Axios Executive Editor Sarah Kehilani-Gu, Hard Truths Editor Michelle Salcedo, and Executive Producer Dan Bobkoff. Tell us what you think. Email us at podcasts at axios.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll be back with the news on Monday.